he's going to bring Maggie back to life. Maggie? Hey, sorry. You okay? I'm alive, so... Yes? Remember when you asked if we could stop it? All the evil in the world. Well, maybe with Jack we can. Maybe you're right. But then what will we do? with the suit. I appreciate you accepting my invitation. I'm the leader of a werewolf pack. Why on earth would an archangel care about us? Isn't it time you had your due? Our due? There are ways to enhance your, let's call them talents. And these ways are... Bully testers. <laughs> there were some misfires early. I will admit to that. But... I have cracked the code. Do you propose we wage a war on the humans? Why well, be the hunted when you can be the hunter? Hello, my children. Leo. No one's talking to you, Paul Bunyan. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Everybody to Supernatural: The Crossroads. I'm your host Thomas Cowley. Joined with me today is Ryan Denton and Michael Flores. Hello, and we are talking about Supernatural season 14, episode five, Nightmare Logic, which was another solid installment with Supernatural season 14 so far. They are keeping the momentum going. We've liked what we've seen. It seems much more consistent, I'd say, at this point than season 13 did. Season 13 had some great episodes at this point, but so far they have kept focus on the important issues, the important aspects of the season. They have not forgot Dean's immediate issues, both you know from a psychological standpoint as well as him being the vessel for Michael, what that did to him, both physically and mentally. And they are building upon that each and every week. And so far, they've done a good job. Well, and they, even with Sam's relationship or with the the other hunters as the new de facto leader. Well, they've stayed on track. I think one of the things that is infinitely more apparent in this season so far at five episodes in is that the main story arc has not dwindled. We haven't right. dwindled in five episodes. So, I mean, we've, we've had a couple, I guess you could air quote monster of the weeks, but I think the monster of the weeks makes sense this season. 
so far with, with Michael's plan and what he's mm-hmm. doing. So it makes sense to have Monsters of the Week because it fits right into the main story arc. So I think five episodes in, compared to last season, we are right on track. I think we all kind of had an, have an idea of, of where we're going or the direction yeah. that we're kind of going to be heading. Well, it, like the season 13 at this point had some great episodes, but we also right. had like for each episode, we had a different idea of what the main threat throughout the season was going to be. Mm-hmm. We had the Shadim or maybe it's uh, Asmodeus or maybe it's the empty creature, the celestial being, or yeah. maybe death is going to be pissed at them. Is Jack good or bad? What happened to Lucifer? Five episodes ends with six or seven different routes for that to go. With this season, it's been consistent on a central theme of fear. It's been consistent with whatever Michael is up to with the monsters. We've slowly been trying to discover that, but that has been the major issue. Well, they've been it's it's paced well too because they keep giving us bits and pieces of what Michael's doing slowly, right? Instead of just force feeding it all at once and oh, okay, well, fuck, that's what we're doing. And I think we that- we get some clues yeah. this episode. Some foreshadowing as to what's going on with Dean. We've talked before that he's he's got to be kind of fucked in the head now. Yeah. From being possessed by Michael. But we were wondering why did he leave his vessel so suddenly and so abruptly? That doesn't seem like it would make sense unless you could like return to it. And the idea that Michael has left traps for hunters has br- brought up some possible theories as to what's going on with Dean. Is Dean himself a trap for the other hunters, primarily Sam and Jack? It th- th- that whole hypothesis could could very well be true. I think with the I think we've all agreed that we were very hesitant with the fact that Michael just up and left. And mm-hmm. I think personally, me and my own opinion, I don't I don't think he's gone. He's not done. For yeah, sure. I don't. And what I mean by that is with what we saw with Gadriel. And mm-hmm. he could be still hiding inside, letting uh, letting Dean take over until the time is right. And I think that's the thing that's the thing that always concerns me with what we saw with Kadriel and Sam. And I I just think it's too convenient for him to just leave, especially right. too with now we keep seeing all of these, you know, traps and you know New what, threats what waiting the, in the shadows. What, what did the Jin see? When he looked into right, so that's, a, that is huge. That's a huge thing, and I think there's there's just so many things that they could do with this and play out. But I just truly don't think Michael's gone. I like, and I don't mean like I he might be still inside of Dean's He's mind. Still inside Dean. Dean's mind. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I think may. that would be an easy way out. If this was maybe last year, yeah, that's a an easy little thing to do. <laughs> but this season seems to be a lot more thought out. It, it is. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm leaning. And I know we have a lot of speculation to do this week, but uh, I'm leaning to the other side that he's just simply a a trap or a bomb waiting to go off. There's something inside of him that See, that Michael did to him. I'm I'm kind of a mix between the two because I think something Michael did will allow him to take possession without needing approval. Yeah. You can do just you need in, approval for the second time though? I thought consent. I mean, no, consent. once once you consent the first <laughs> no, time, I'm it, being it, serious. It, Oh, I'm being serious. Oh, oh I, I as far as the joke, supernatural lore, I don't else. know. But there's a good. Once I'm in once, I can go in twice. It's typically how that works. I thought that's how the vampire rule works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever. Once had you're it. allowed entry, it's good to go. Yeah, well, entry into like the front or we, the back door. Oh, Jesus, the only time we've seen somebody be possessed 
twice by the same angel was Jimmy Novak in season four. Yeah. And he told Castiel, take him, not his daughter Mm -hmm. at that time. So there is a chance that he normally would need the yes again, but perhaps he left it like a a doorway as Ryan said, a back door open (laughs) and he left to re-enter Dean. He left it ajar. (laughs) He did. So that option's open. That Perfect. Be, but that would allow him to bypass all their warding and all their other I mean, shit. Or my back door's pretty warded. Constantly I, keep track of yeah. Dean I, I, I think them. it's something a little more complicated than that. It's all I'm if, sure if they go be. that direction, it's more the same. We've been there. We've done we've dealt with possession. We yeah. we get it. Yeah. That's why I feel like they're cooking something up that's far more nefarious and something less suspecting. Although whether what does it really matter again what they're necessarily doing because it's getting dialogue. This is yeah. and it's getting positive dialogue going across social well, media. And this we have not had positive dialogue for quite <laughs> some time within the social media circles. And this is what showrunners and producers should always strive to do. They should always strive to get people talking and discussing, aka speculating about what could happen yeah, not the, shitting on and defending yeah the positive speculation right. it it only helps to show out you know have we had pod, positive speculation since no. i don't even know the last year the last time we actually season had 11? positive speculation season, season what 11, happens probably. with amara in the darkness maybe yeah. yeah yeah that's fair so i think i think this is good i think also to not only is it positive but i think it's also there's some excitement there too because we we really truly are invested so far five episodes in in this story arc yeah. and and i think this this has impl- implications to be you know apocalypse 2.0 and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean that in a way that you know this has some pretty big implications and i think that you know that's what's making us excited with the speculation there's a lot of stakes yeah there's, there's a, a lot, there's of, a lot stake. of stake yeah yeah absolutely and We'll we'll see with that. Obviously, that's the the main mystery being teased for the entire season, at least at this point so far. But we also, with this episode, got Fake Bobby returning, and that is what we're going to call him. Uh, we learned a little bit more about his background. We learned a bit more about why he does or does not want to give it to Mary. He's given it to her already. Well, now he's given it to her for a full he three put, weeks. He put his angel wand right inside her. <laughs> Sam and Dean approved cabin getaway. Ugh, that made that's me uncomfortable. Just so grody, it dude. just did. It's not into weird. It. It's it's the first time that I've we talked about this a little bit on the pre-show where with a we feel like for the first time we might be getting too fan fanboy esque where I, we don't want to ship because for us these characters shouldn't do that even though that's not necessarily how the writers have it. Yeah, we're Maybe putting we our own bias into it. We are getting a little fan girly, but either way, with some of that revelations in this episode, we learn. We show some clear, distinct differences between our Bobby and this new Apocalypse Universe well, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, it. Th- well, that was the point. Yeah, yeah that was the whole thing. They're fleshing this character done. out. Yeah, because- that's the point. That for me works. Whether or not I like fake Bobby or not, it doesn't really matter what I like. If I if I like a character or not, it's about the writing for me. And as long right. as they're creating that that separation, I feel like that was probably the point more yeah. than anything to just show well, that absolutely. this isn't Bobby from, this isn't Bobby 2.0. This is Bobby <laughs> AU and he's a different Bobby. So to have yeah. them utilize those aspects to create that differentiation, that's all I care about. And I mean, it worked. I mean, I get that. I just think the other, the hard part is like, you've got, you're, you're trying to use all these character developments to, you know, 
to get this Bobby, but at the end of the day, like it still has Bobby's face. Right. And I think that's the the hard part. I think the, the more exciting part was seeing more of the Michael's plan with the alternate monsters, seeing what they have powerful, what powers they have that are new, reshaping lore, which we haven't had since Gamble's run in season six. We talked about that just last week, even. Yep. And overall, we got an episode that was pretty neat, pretty tidy, and continued to build on the last several. Now, we have still have had Sam and Dean in the forefront of every episode, which is a huge strength to this season. And it is it does seem like Dab and the crew have taken notice and focused on what hasn't worked in the last two, unfortunately, critically panned it by both fans and reviewers. A lot of the season 12 and 13 had some weaknesses. So it feels like they're actually taking a look at that. And how do we correct those mistakes? What were we strong with and what can we improve upon? And with Sam Dean being in the forefront, I think that is a great step so far. I mean, we even got no Kaz, no Jack in this episode. And I didn't feel missed. No, we no. All, we have a focus on Sam and Dean, which is something we can't say. If we want to compare right. side-by-side episodes one through five last year, we didn't have that. We have something very consistent this season, and it's focused on Sam and Dean. And they're they're kind of tucking away all the, the unimportant background noise that we mm-hmm. had mentioned bleeding into this season and more importantly not in superman write-off ways like oh they're just off in another place they're creating stories that would make sense for them to be gone yep jack has lost his powers castiel's actually a teacher at this point bobby's been hurt like it it works for what they're trying to do it's not just you know oh he's off hunting yeah shrug where are they who knows yeah now of course we've always got some news and unfortunately we've got a little bit of negative news so far far but it's not concrete or anything a hundred percent what Wait. it could mean oh okay <laughs> what it could mean because unfortunately the ratings are down for supernatural compared to the previous seasons now supernatural's ratings have always gone up and down across the map and it's usually been able to bounce back it's not something we've often worried about they're a little impervious to ratings it really doesn't matter at this point as long as certain demos are high and as long yeah. as certain numbers aren't going down to the dismal core levels. group as long yeah. as that stays yeah they've been fine and as we said there's not enough data at the moment to draw a definitive conclusion but we do know that compared to the last three season premieres which reached about two million viewers live this recent season premiere was about 700,000 less. And that's that's a pretty big number. That is apparently the biggest drop ever from a season finale to a premiere. That that's a big number. That's a, that's half almost. It's the biggest almost. drop from any season premiere. Yeah. Not necessarily from finale oh, to premiere. See, just in general premiere it's every the, season starts. It's the lowest season premiere we've ever had and the biggest drop from season premiere to season premiere that's sizable and it's it's one thing that comes with the territory of just being 14 years in i try to convert people at my work hey watch the show all the time and some of them some of them bitch about that like oh my god that's a lot i'm like you don't have to fucking watch it. That's a lot. You don't start with 12. Meanwhile, like, let me watch 17 other shows at the same time. I'm going to rewatch The Office for the 37th time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was violent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just hate people that like, watch The Office. For, like, dude, there's like 87 <laughs> other shows you can no, fucking watch. So aggressive. I, I love know. it. Jesus Christ. You are fucking stupid. I feel the same way though. I'm like, oh, that's too many episodes, but then you, too many seasons, but Ryan's good. right. Cause then they, they rewatch shitty friends over and over yeah. and over on their hundredth watch. Yeah. 
It's like, yo, you take. You know, guess what? Ross never really gets Rachel ever until the end. Right? Yeah, there's Over. an episode where they pivot. <laughs> it's never going to change. It's never going to change. There's an episode where they pivot a couch. Neat. Who gives a fuck? Watch Supernatural. Thank you. Done, Randy. <laughs> but unfortunately, that is a criticism it draws so that could be part of it yeah but this also doesn't take into account the three or seven day numbers, numbers. yeah right. and it also doesn't take into account the ever-changing landscape is that is how we streaming. count watching television yeah. that doesn't count streaming that doesn't count apps which we know for a fact the cw themselves have been pushing their app religiously as one of their desired platforms go to the app go to the app Watch everything there. You don't need to sign in. Watch the same commercial 87 times. And unfortunately, that while that is great for viewership overall, that doesn't currently translate into rating success and, more importantly, advertiser success. And one of the things that, Mike, you touched on earlier is that it's been kind of impervious to the direct ratings so long as their core demographic is the same. And for advertisers, the core demographic that they always want to hit is 18 to anywhere between 34 and 49 year olds. That's the primary demo that spends a lot of money. Maybe some of the 52 year old like housewives too as well. <laughs> it's that, a little that, more nuanced than that, but it's usually 18 to 34. But what right. the Nielsen ratings goes by is 18 to 49 demo. And that's the one we need to worry about. Because, well, they're the ones who spend money statistically. Yeah. And last season we've averaged a 0.55 rating with this episode. In particular, we sunk down to point thirty, and that's never we've never been that low in the key demo ever. And that's what's that's what's more that's what we should be more afraid of than mm-hmm. the ratings themselves dropping by almost seven hundred thousand viewers that from finale to premiere and premiere to premiere. It's that eighteen to forty nine that the Nielsen ratings keeps track on because that's the that's the number. You could have 700,000 people, but if you're if all you're, of them are in 18 to 49, right? You could have 350,000 people, but if your 18 to 49 demo remains up, guess what? You're still an enticing meal to would be advertisers. advertisers. But once that number drops to point 30, you got to start worrying. Yeah, that's yeah. that's you're what you're, that's what you need to stay concerned about. And again, these are the live same day re- ratings, which include Live viewings plus delayed DVR viewings, which is up to like 3 a.m. local time. Yeah. I mean, I don't and even, I don't watch it the same day. I watch it the next day. None of us do in this I room. No, no, I of us used do here. to, but I sw- I cut the cord a year and a half ago. Yeah, I don't, I don't have and to. And now I, I go watch to the CW. everything online. I go to their website, which yeah. they want, but it, that needs to change for not just for Supernatural, for all television. That, that way in which we count these things need to change. So it is a little concerning, but it's nothing to, panic about yet because oh i'm again, panicked we've had we've had the ceo back supernatural for years now the show still seems to be going strong with the fans yeah, yeah. and the, you know if they continue this trend it seems like they're course correcting some of the mistakes of the last two seasons well so you, you, it we all also, depends we also have to remember too that last season wasn't halted as that great and a lot of right. people left yeah and like Meh. and when, when the word gets out that this season so far it'll five, come back up. It's, it'll, it'll go jump. back up i mean we're, we're looking yeah i, I think there's you know, it's the word of mouth, the CW word of mouth, you know, especially even with the DC shows, it's been the same thing. Once yeah. the shows get better, it's always, it goes, it's on, a, case, it's on an incline. Yeah. I agree, Ryan. I think once we go to break for the winter and we come back for spring, it'll be, it'll be mid-season premiere. As yeah. long as they maintain the consistency and the tight 
storytelling that they have done for the past five episodes, chances are that word of mouth will cause a spike. Listen to this, Dab. If you don't stay on this course, we will cut you. Wow. Wow. You just throw Before Ryan gets no, I didn't. too I, aggressive, just, just, we're going to take a quick break, <laughs> calm him down, and we'll be right back with our discussion of Nightmare Logic in just a minute. Thomas, you were on the right track. Thank you. Because that's the first thing I thought. This is a story worthy of Andrew. Who else? Fuck. Who else pees in their mouth in the shower? Oh, my God. So here's what happened. I just got off of uh, a a super long, like, 13-hour work, right? right? Running off of, like, three hours of sleep. Wake up, get in the shower, skipping some time. I just let go in the shower, right? Pee in the shower. Who hasn't? Right. right. Animals. Wait, hold on. Let's let's tackle this first. You guys pee in the shower? I've yeah. done it every now and then. Who doesn't pee in the shower? Uh, wow. You're not supposed to. Kate, Kate, thank you, Raina. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. Don't let Raina fool you. Raina pees in the shower. <laughs> that was one time, and you said you wouldn't tell. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Seriously, live recording of someone when they found out the news that Kathleen Kennedy would in fact be coming back as the king of Lucasfilm. All right, calm down. Wait, everything will be okay. I think uh, Kathleen Kennedy used all those tears to make her her garden grow. Oh, look how vibrant my garden is, honey. Come here. Oh, I used uh, fan baby tears. Oh, that's a fantastic miracle grow. In fact, I'm going to take an actual fan and I'm going to imprison them unlawfully. I'm going to put them next to my garden and it'll be almost like a drip system. You know how drip systems work? How they just randomly water people's yards? Well, I'm just going to randomly have a fan cry. Over my garden. (laughs) Garrett, every time I need him to start crying, I'll share an idea. I'm like, hey, Mr. Star Wars fan, uh, the next TV show we have planned is going to be starring an Asian woman. (laughs) All right. Thank you. That's enough. That's all I need. All right. uh, For the next Star Wars movie, it's going to be featuring two Mexican men.
Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Get more Supernatural The Crossroads every month with the Patreon-exclusive shows. Retrospective reviews starting with the very first season, specialty shows, bonus discussions with additional thoughts and topics not included in the regular show. By subscribing, you help us maintain the quality of our shows, and it keeps us in the studio. So head on over to patreon.com slash Digital and subscribe. Have you missed an episode of Supernatural The Crossroads? Catch up on all our discussions. Just search Supernatural The Crossroads on iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also find it on the RMD app. Just search Rain Man Digital from your iTunes App Store or Google Play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. I legitimately have done that. I legitimately have like, when I worked at the comic book shop, I would, we get new stuff in. Wait, what did you do? When I worked at the comic book shop. Did you ever steal a Thundercat? I never stole a Thundercat. <laughs> because that guy was, that uh, was you, that's dude. you. And we, let's and, take a minute. Yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. Because, let me zoom in on Ryan here. Oh my God. Because after the episode aired, Ryan, no joke. I was hit with at least a dozen. No, you were not. Yes. Yes. No, you come on. It's on our Facebook page. It's on Twitter. I, too, got messages, and I didn't understand the reference until I watched it. Ryan's pretending like he doesn't see it. He knows he sees it. By the moment, the guy who got excited about the Thundercats was like, holy I just don't. I just don't see, like, okay, maybe the the, the (laughs) trolling, like, the trolling I get. Okay, I get that. But I don't see, like. You gotta be blind. No, when they showed up to his house, and just the straight up, like. He was you a, he was a into, cock, dude. You That's got you. pissy when people were playing Fortnite because it doesn't take as much skill as PUBG. It's true, it doesn't. Oh Fortnite, Fortnite's a terrible game. <laughs> Exhibit A. It's a terrible game. Let's not even let's not bring attention no. to it. Just let's just set him up and he will prove our point. <laughs> because there's no way Ryan did not sit down and watch that episode uh-huh. and did not think he was looking at a mirror for at least a few moments. There are, yes, of course, there are some similarities. Okay? <laughs> There's some similarities. Like okay? the fucking DNA. Like, first of all... I think you have a lawsuit. He's a touch... I, I, think, I think you have a chance at winning a lawsuit. That's how close he was. Just he's, to make a touch, character. he's a touch fatter than me, so they portrayed oh, me wow. a little bit fatter, just saying. But... That was a fatty He wasn't fat. He was actually, in your credit, I'll say he's, he was a, probably a good-looking dude, right? He wasn't, he wasn't ugly. ugly. He wasn't ugly. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> he 
Why don't right. you think he was ugly, right? Because it looks like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told I don't you, know. all we do is set him up. I'm not sure I see it. I'm not sure I see it. It's kind of like, you know, I never Did saw... Did you work it. at a comic book shop before? Maybe they need to come out. Maybe the... the how many the, collectibles do you have? I think the producers... How many comic books did, you for, did you steal for me? <laughs> the producers... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural at Crossroads. Now we're going to get into the discussion of Episode 5, Nightmare Logic. Ryan, can you give us a synopsis, please? I sure can, Thomas. <laughs> After a hunt gone wrong leaves Maggie's whereabouts unknown, Sam, Dean, Mary, and Bobby race to find her. But what they find are their own worst nightmares. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Now, with this episode, Andrew Dabb has brought in some fresh blood at, from the director's chair. Darren Grant, it's his first episode of Supernatural. He is an award-winning director with a pretty extensive career from music videos, commercials, some feature films. And it was nice to see a different take on Supernatural. That's not a knock against any of the directors we have and have gotten accustomed to in any way. No, it's just good to introduce new blood. Yeah, it's, it's nice yeah. to see... A different take. What will someone else do with this script? What will someone else do with these characters? How will they relate to them? Will we get different performances in any way? What can we expect differently while also sticking true to Supernatural? And we did get a few unique moments in the show, such as that overhead shot of tracking Sam as he was going through that the was, hallway. Yeah, that was cool. I like that one because it gave the sense of not just that he's being hunted in a way, someone's watching him, which fits with the entire theme of this episode, but also the idea that he is this rat in a maze that we're watching, but he doesn't know what's going on around him. I liked that. It was a nice sense of foreboding for Sam, and especially when you can bring that to a character who is so competent that he's the leader of an entire group of hunters. But it it was a nice viewpoint, that shot. And he's he worked well with Surge. The the fact that somebody who has never done the show before can come in and essentially feel right at home speaks volumes about his ability. Mm-hmm. And he did justice for uh, Meredith Glenn's script as well. He was able to translate that over to screen in a meaningful way. And we already know that Meredith Glenn's scripts aren't always very, they're not very superficial. They're usually delving into some serious material. Right. And you need a capable director to handle that. Otherwise, it can go horribly wrong, which we've seen. So he was the he was a good pick. He I wouldn't mind seeing him come sure. back. And it, and this is why you bring in new blood. You've had this show running for 14 years. And one of the strengths that we talk about all the time on the Patreon show of season one was that Kripke was not afraid to bring in all kinds of directors. Some people only did one episode in season one that was all they've ever done sometimes you got to restock the pot i mean sometimes you got to pick the director of destiny child survivor yeah and that's what they did (laughs) sometimes you gotta go to a different club when you've uh, used up all your your moves that one another one yeah you've used used all your you know your dance moves you gotta go somewhere else not just dance moves just like hitting on skills oh yeah yeah you don't want to use the same flirting hitting on skills skills. it's kind of like that's uh, like peacocking yeah yeah Kind of like parking lot pimping skills. As ooh, well. ooh, yeah, yeah. Parking lot pimping skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Thomas doesn't know what that is. No, no, I don't. Thomas but doesn't even know who Destiny's Child is. I know who Destiny's Child is. 
But it, it is nice to see them step outside of their comfort zone rather than just stick with the same people they know. And again, that's not a knock to anybody who's been a director for no, Supernatural. It's just nice to see something a little bit different. And Mike, one thing you talked about was Meredith Glynn's writing, and she does usually tackle bigger, more serious elements throughout the season. It's always She's always had a touch of, I would say the macabre, like she has a touch of this darker adult tones that come through. I, I mean, regarding Dean is one of the ones what we all remember where he's starting to lose his mind and that allusion to Alzheimer's and how that affects somebody. This was a little bit different, because, but it dealt with Bobby in a way with his grief and where he came from, the, the apocalypse universe, Bobby. And this fake, was something fake Bobby, fake Bobby, fake Bobby tongues, which right. is something that we've talked about multiple times throughout, not just this season, but per, like since season 13, even possibly since if you consider it when he was first introduced at the end of season 12. But we've said before that they needed to create a distinct separation between original Earth Bobby and alternate universe Bobby. And in that, in this week, we finally got a nod to that. Having not not just with a direct call out, well, but how he acted. I, I think the thing that we need to differentiate is that our Bobby would have never thrown that kind of shade at Sam ever. If he didn't agree with what Sam was doing or how he was doing it, he would have pulled him aside and said, Hey, this is what I see. Maybe we need to fix that. He would have never called him out in front of Dean, Mary, anything like that. And I think, like you said, that is a definitive difference between the fake Bobby and, Mm -hmm. you know, our Bobby. And I think he also, there was a, a obviously a little semblance of them being somewhat similar, you know, with him regret. I, it looked later in the episode he kind of regretted doing that. He did because he's he's an alternate universe version, but he's a, very similar to the person he right. that we are familiar with. But you're right. Original Bobby would never have attacked Sam like that in front of anybody. He never would have called in to question and made him feel guilty about someone else being in harm's way when right. he knows this job so well. If anything, if ever Bobby were to do anything like that, because he's he's the one who's always defended them. Right. Come hell or high water, literally start the apocalypse. He doesn't give a fuck. They are his kids like a true parent. Yeah. But that's the only time that I would have imagined it was if he was acting like a parent and trying to teach Sam something. I would see our Bobby being like, hey, don't beat yourself up about this. I know what you're going through as a parent. You're going to feel guilty, but it's not your fault. Whereas this Bobby's like, hey, it's your fucking fault. Hey, it's your fault, and you're fucking and up. I, and yeah, I love Bo- Real Bobby would never put that type of pressure on Sam. No. Even when he did fuck up, he would still find the best words to use to kind of smack them around, much like a parent would do. Yeah. So, Not just call them idiots like an asshole. <laughs> right. So the way Meredith Glenn decided to tackle this whole Bobby situation, I felt was really smart. And it showed that she was in sync. She was in tune with the with the bulk of the audience who needed that separation. We needed to see that one moment, as Ryan said, that definitive moment to say, hey, this guy may look like Bobby. He's nothing like our Bobby, because what mm-hmm. he did to Sam would n- Bobby would never even dream of putting that type of shit on him. And I loved that they did that because it it drew a line in the sand and it said, guess what? Fake Bobby's over here. Real Bobby's over here. These are two different people. And this is exactly what we've been bitching about. 
since last season. We need to see the differences between them. Otherwise, all you did was regurgitate a character. Well, you try to bring back a character that's not our character. Right. And by doing it this way, it did a lot of things. Not only did it create that separation, but it also just gave a verbal beatdown to Sam mm-hmm. in a way that would shake his confidence during the episode, which by the end would be used to strengthen his overall resolve as a leader. So all of it just worked into each other very seamlessly. And what I loved about that, not just what was said by Bobby, but was how Dean reacted. I, I took a screenshot and I put it in the Facebook group there. But it, seeing Dean react to Bobby with that him the- giving shit to Sam, that to me spoke volumes as well because real Bobby would never have said that and Dean would never have been that aggressive towards him. But he's looking at him like, how dare no, you I'm question Sam? Yeah. Don't, you don't get to tr- treat us like that. You don't even know what the fuck we've been through by comparison. Yeah. It, it very clearly rubbed Dean the wrong way, which also from a visual standpoint, from a visual storytelling standpoint – showed that it's not just what Bobby said, but it's how those around him reacted to it. And also, I kind of took it a little bit as kind of like passing the torch as well to Bob, to Sam, saying, hey, guess what? I'm here, and I'm not going to be doing the same job as real Bobby did. Because right. in, a, in a way, this episode showed us that Sam is essentially the new Bobby. He is, for he's, now. Yeah, I mean, that's, he's dude, that's calling a great, all the shots. That's he, a great analogy because yeah. he, he's taken over the lore. He's taken over, you know, leadership. leadership. He, he's signing get, cases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he legitimately he's is headquarters. The, yeah. He I even mean, uses that phrase. Which it's, it's about fucking time. <laughs> they have the yeah. middle letters bunker. Why the fuck has that, this not been the centralized hub for all hunting? So this, I don't want to move to Kansas. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. But this all Kansas. makes perfect sense for this. They're using that bunker for a reason other than finding fixes suddenly out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Hey, in the back shelf here, I found a way to cure something. Chlamydia. AIDS. Wait, what? AIDS. Demon, yeah. demon AIDS. Demon AIDS. You get it by getting butt. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, so but all you're, of it just feels, right. it feels really natural. It doesn't feel like they're just trying to move pieces so they can tell a story. It feels like they're moving pieces that actually make sense that if left unhindered would probably move itself into position. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you're playing checkers and you don't move your back row. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's laughing. He doesn't want to laugh. No, he doesn't want to, but it's right. But it's, (laughs) it's true. Since Bobby with Bobby passing away, we had Garth for a little bit. Right. Fill that role, but but it always felt like a little goony. It was a little more of a comedic. Gimmick. It was a comedic yeah. attempt to yeah. to lighten how dark that season was in many respects. Right. But now with the last since the end of season twelve, Sam has been clearly moving in this direction, and it as you said, it does feel natural. It's nice to have the hunting community revolve around one central location, and it, it really does help reinforce the idea that Sam and Dean are legacies that they will bring about a new age of hunter men of letters unified force we can have brains and brawn at the same time without them being mutually exclusive and we saw it in season 12 they're the ogs at this point they're older dudes they've been hunting for what the better part of 30 years both of them since they were children they're the ogs they know what's up they've defeated lucifer they befriended god they're friends with amara they've been to heaven and hell mary back they're friends with the king of hell at one point they have done so much it would make sense that they would be the central point for all hunting 
Well, it always, it always too, like that, that role of like lore or, you know, older or their mentor would, would always bug me with Garth because it's like, yo, you're younger. The than fuck me. do you know? What do you know, dude? Like, yeah, he's you're, cool though. I mean, yeah. And I'm not, I look, I never meant, I didn't mean that mean. I like, I, I like Garth. I just think that it's different. If, yeah. It's different. I think now and, and like to piggyback off what you said mike now that sam and dean are older mm-hmm. why it just can't, makes sense why can't they be the ones that, yeah. are, that well, are starting down that path of hey i know a lot about what's going on let me help you yes when bobby at the end of season one and rufus when he shows up are like you don't know about this you don't know about yeah. that you don't yeah. know about devil's trap that's who they are now and maggie and these new hunters are the ones who are like wow look at all the lore you have so much to teach us kind of thing yeah it feels more natural it's that so good. sam and dean are the ones saying that yeah where you're right garth while it was we've funny seen it. we've seen it. it he didn't feel like he had earned it sam and dean have done nothing but earn it oh yeah and God. i loved even at the end of the episode that Sam and Dean were the ones making those phone calls, mm-hmm. telling the hunting community about the changes to lore and the hunter traps. It just felt so right. It felt like a a natural spot to find our two protagonists at this point in the game. Well, I yeah. think it just makes sense too, because they are so good at what they do yep. and we've seen them do it over and over and they shouldn't over be playing. They shouldn't be in the backseat for anybody. At this no, point. no, they are the forefront of hunting. They are the yeah. one and two, if not the one and one, I they're, they're on the same level with right. each other. Claire's there as well. Someplace. Yeah. And like 37th place. Yeah. But, um, out of 35, out of 35. Yeah. She's, <laughs> But I think that she's on the top fifty. <laughs> but we only have a list that goes to thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. She's in there somewhere. Um, but no, I, I think you've got. We've seen it for fourteen years. Mm-hmm. We've seen Sam and Dean overcome monsters and bad guys. Every obstacle. Every obstacle. They know what well, they're doing. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be the the numero uno well, of hunting? They're far from the original tactics they use. They they are no longer those green kids who didn't know what a devil's trap was picking their way through internet articles, finding a a passage in dad's journal and making a best guess based on what they could find out at the local library. They are guys who are organized, utilizing the tools they have. They have learned not just from their dad and Bobby, but other recent events like the British mental letters and trying to bring some of that. We see with the GoPro camera, essentially that was, I actually kind of dug that. And yeah, the check-ins, bringing if, that new age, bringing hunting into the modern age. It just makes sense. Once again, it feels natural. You you have these guys that are no longer those 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 loners in in CD motels. Right. It's no longer. <laughs> yeah. the, it's not. It's not the road show anymore, like it was, where one episode takes place in one nasty County hotel after another with the yeah. same clock. This would make sense. They're in the Men of Letters bunker, and it would make sense for them to start utilizing technology, especially after what you just had mentioned. The whole British Men of Letters and how they show them how to handle things via technology. I love to see that. I love to see that Sam is actually using a page from their playbook and utilizing mm-hmm. everything at their we can do it disposal. Better. Why are they fighting like this? Is, why are they fighting monsters like this is the Dark Ages? It I- would only make sense for them to up their game. I right. mean, the body cams is is very much a a 2018 thing. I mean, look, fuck, they both have iPhones now. They used to only have flip phones. Yeah, and also, <laughs> like Ryan, I also like that it holds them accountable, so there's no police brutality thing right. going on in case they, <laughs> they strangle someone. I mean, and what if they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want people to be. Rude no, I mean, you fucked that Ruguru up pretty bad. Why did you decide to pick his nose after you killed him? Yeah, if there's a Mexican gardener there, you don't want to like right. just attack him, right? For and, no and reason, not have video evidence. Well, 
that he, he might, was really jumping a over a wall. Yeah, he was jumping puncher. over a wall or something. We, we don't need we don't need Sam and Dean to be protested. Yeah, by any like protest. The hunter group. has been suspended without pay as we investigate the situation. His body cam footage. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. <laughs> I'm just happy that they don't have shitty flip phones anymore. Can we just talk about that? <laughs> the fact that they both have iPhones now. Thank God. Well, it, and it, like we said, it's it's definitely been the future that did work for the roadshow when they would hustle at bars right, and, they had and burner things like phones. that. Yeah, that made but sense. But now you're right, Mike, we have a fully established, fully decked out, albeit a little dated bunker. There's no reason to not incorporate modern technology. Listen, the SR 71 is still dated, but it's more high tech than anything we have to this day. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll yeah. take outdated men of letters, magical bunker over a, an iPhone any day. And it's nice to see Sam really become that new Bobby. I, I love him having that little powwow with all the hunters in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that it was feels cool. so natural. But even with Sam having the biggest growth as far as a character goes in the last few seasons over the last few episodes, it still does kind of come back to Dean as the heart of this episode. And and another one of Meredith Glenn's episodes does focus on Dean telling the emotional story. This is what she does. It's it's her bread and butter. She mm-hmm. She's very good at that. Whether or not she relates deliberately to this character in some way, or if she just prefers to latch onto his character, because you, because with Dean, despite him being very stoic, he is so much more, I think, emotional in many ways. Sam has always been, I feel a certain way, but I have to do what's smarter, what's right, what's the greater good. Whereas Dean has always been more brash and emotional, and I'm going to go at it, guns blaze, and I'll think about it later. For whatever reason, she likes to latch on to Dean as a focal point for the emotional storytelling. And with his internal problems in this episode, she was able to deliver yet again. It's it's a great building block, and this week is no different than all the others so far for season 14. Once again, it's another example of the writers not forgetting problems from previous weeks and just moving on. It's not... Oh yeah, that that was terrible. Wasn't it terrible when you died, Cass? Let's go cowboy shooting. Like, like let's go cowboy. Whatever. Shooting. That that mentality of it felt like there was a glaring miss or an episode missing between those two, between advanced thanatology and tombstone, doesn't necessarily seem to fit here. It feels far more consistent. And with Dean being the focal point for the emotional element, the guest spot in this episode allowed them to be a proper supporting character yeah absolutely for dean and sam absolutely. going and, forward and i think that's nailing a, every guest spot this yeah, season every single one i think that was a very very essential part of this episode was that guest spot i mean we've seen dean you know put away his feelings we've seen dean not talk about not want to talk about it and i think now that we've gotten to this point with dean where he's at emotionally like you know i am going to talk about this and i am the I don't want to use old because they're not old, but they're they're the guys that have experienced wiser, wiser. Yes, they've experienced so many things, and for Dean to be the one to tell the guest spot, this girl, like, you know, let it let it go, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the, you only have so much time. And I think think about all the things that Sam and they've died multiple times. They've seen things that you know a normal human being would never want to see in their lifetime, and for him to be like, you know, I I try every day, you know, and and it it fits fits so well with the way he's feeling about what Michael, you know. Using him as mm-hmm. his personal 
you know, uh, vessel to ride around in and do shitty things. Damn, when you say it like that, it sounds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ride that vessel. Let me ride inside you. I'm going to go in and out of this vessel yeah. whenever I slowly, see it. Slowly. In front of a sl- mirror. Right in front of you, right in your back door, slowly. Oh, okay. Wait, what did I take it to that? Brian started another chapter of his fan fiction. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the, the, you're right, Mike. They, they've been nailing these guest spots and they... One of the things that I think we've lacked in the last couple of seasons was the guest spots. They need to parallel what we're, what was going on we've, with the, with the brothers. We talked a lot recently about how season 13 had a lot of, Hey kids, look, it's so-and-so. And it was just there to be there because we liked the character, whether or not they served a purpose. Whereas this season so far has felt very much more like the older episodes and a true supporting character where they're there in the moment, but they're not there to, take the limelight they're there to support sam and dean's emotional issues at that time and what i like is with season 13 we had dean in a very dark place and while there were some great episodes like the big empty where they're in the psychiatrist ward you lost track of that sometimes you lose track of it sometimes and by the end of the season it felt kind of completely forgotten it didn't feel like it was ever there right just lost even the audience lost sight of what dean was struggling with which was a very serious issue Mm -hmm. suicide none of us should have forgotten that and yet because they had issues with keeping that consistency to the tone and the theme we lost sight and that's something very different than what we see happening this season and meredith glenn being the one to tackle and, and drive that point home that dean isn't okay it was a great call because this is what she does best is, is is creating those parallels with real life issues and making it advance our story. Well, I think the biggest thing that we've seen so far in these five episodes is Dean's struggle. Yeah. Well, that is he, the biggest he's the, element. He's the heart. He's yeah, the heart. It, mm-hmm. It's the element. Yes, we're seeing Sam take control and be the leader, but we're see the biggest struggle in this five episodes is Dean's guilt and what he feels with what Michael did to Agreed. him. And I think if we lose sight of that now, then our direction and where we're going is lost. And I think yeah. that is why these guest spots in the five episodes that we've had have been so fucking yeah. important. Because they're reminding us. Exactly. Yep. That, you know what? As much as we think Dean is a bro, He's a very complex character too, yeah. as well. And I think this right here, you get to see more, like you said, Thomas, a wiser Dean by yeah. saying, you know, look, I have experienced things and, you know, you need to let it go. And, well, and, and, those, also- and those who can't do teach. And <laughs> I, Dean has a very hard problem with just letting go. Yeah, he does. But it would make sense because that's just a, a major that's a major part of a lot of these. That's a that's a part of a, a lot, lot of people of, have that. Problem, a lot of people dude. have that yes. issue. Well, not just that. It is a natural progression of sadness and depression is acceptance. And while Dean is going through some shit, mm-hmm. he is while season 13 was lashing out. I want to die. Fuck the world in many respects. Now with season 14 and the additional shit that's been added on to him, he's doing his very best to move into more of a acceptance trying to move past it not let that baggage that he has carried since he was a child whether it was mary that was finally resolved by the end of season 12 or the the dutiful son with john winchester for the first five seasons of the show he's finally trying to move forward as a person yeah it's that stage of grief that you got to get through and again his childhood issues i mean the guest spot was essentially dean that my father wasn't always there, 
but I was devoted to him and I loved him and I always did the thing that he asked. Yep. It's a very per- perfect parallel. And at the same time, while that is talking about John Winchester, Mary also was this pedestal figure that we never put any blame on until she became real. Yeah. And then we get she got the fact, down with catch. And we get the fact that Dean both loves and hates her. He had a lot of issues. And when he finally confronted that and let that baggage go at the end of season 12, their yeah, relationship seems- has been a thousand times better. Well, that's the beautiful part about this entire episode because you are 100% spot on with your analysis of Dean when you say that because that was the entire point. It wasn't just about letting go in general. Mm-hmm. It's it's about it, it. the way it was written fed neatly right back into the moment at the end of the episode where Dean tells Mary, go on, be happy. That's not Mary and uh, Dean's relationship from season 12. That took two years. That's him letting go of baggage and moving on. You know, because in, in season 12, if that were the case, he'd be like, well, where are you going, mom? Why are you going? Where are you going? Why, 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 why are you fucking leaving? You know, you're like, leaving for dick? Come yeah, on. You're going to go fuck this well, guy? And you He's even, fake Bobby. For he doesn't Christ even have sake. the same size dick as our Bobby. I would know. I've seen it. It's a proven record. <laughs> our Bobby has a 9.5. This Bobby has a 4.7. Yeah. He's got five inches on that Bobby. He's got a lot more girth. Okay? This is bullshit, Mom. <laughs> At least Ketch has a 6.9 inch I like dick. how Dean Winchester is the one <laughs> arguing for bigger dick size. I mean, is this... Well, a- he's seen Crowley's too, right? I did. He's seen everyone. He's secured. Yells, Bro, he's secure. Myth Maverick Rules in the chat area says, anyone know where they are getting all their money to feed and support all these people? <laughs> Credit cards? Credit card fraud. I mean, the See, system works. How, okay. awesome would we, how awesome would it be if we saw another room where they're conducting a bunch of fraudulent <laughs> activity? No, like dude, credit they've cards. Got a Bitcoin. They got yeah. a Bitcoin room, dude. They're, they're just yeah. mining all day. They're mining Bitcoin, dude. Come Sam on. Sam is really using technology now. Selling dude, ancient if, artifacts on the black market. Dude, dude you know? it would make yeah, sense. Yeah, eBay, dude. They're eBaying all the books oh, from the fuck, middle letters. Please do this. I, that would be please, fantastic. Please do it. <laughs> hey, we hey. got a bid ending in 32 seconds on that book about demons. You know that episode where they're going to talk about the real life and how the town sees them? Yeah. Oh, Maybe we get oh, an yeah. insight then. Oh, God. There's no, there's no amount of uh, snake oil selling <laughs> is going to get them the money they need to provide for these Fuck people. no. But it works. <laughs> they can't, Raina, they can't. Raina said catfishing. <laughs> <laughs> they're on Tinder catfishing people. Oh, I Buy something right. off my Amazon wish list. Etsy. Oh, Jesus. man. That's fucking great. That would be funny to see that. But ultimately, you're right. It, that is the difference between where Dean and Mary's relationship was in season 12 and even Mary's reaction. In season 12, she would have been, fuck you. I, I, I can do what I want. It's my life. It's my life. Now she's telling them, hey, I'm only a day and a half away. Call me if you need anything. Like a mom. Bobby's going to be. be balls deep in me. Well, you know, that part is, you know, for them to decide. But But ultimately, I liked that because it's, the episode is consistent with Dean's actions. He does better when he can help other people with similar problems. He's one of those people, like many people who may not be able to see their own issues, but when they see someone with the same issues, like, Oh, here's what you got to do. And then only after does it kind of click like, Oh, maybe I should. It's like Ryan with last week's episode. He realized he was that guy. Right. And suddenly everything became clear. But only once he accepted it by pointing out how it was exactly the same as him. Staying true to Ryan's characterization. 
<laughs> We're doing our own good writing here. Oh, man. That's some good shit right there. I just think Thomas is jealous because uh, he I, wants to be a douche. Yeah. There's blue fire in the opening title sequence. I'm okay with just that. I don't think that really counts. It's, it's blue. It's the title. It's fire. It doesn't count. I'm not important enough to be a full on character, Ryan. I know you're not. <laughs> That's why you're jealous. But if you guys want to be that much more important, become an elite Crossroads listener by pledging to our Patreon page. How do we do that, Thomas? By pledging, you not only gain access to more Supernatural-themed broadcasts, but you help us keep doing what we are doing every single month. So if you want to watch a live video stream every show, pledge $15 a month and gain access to the live video feed along with quarterly gifts and every additional piece of Crossroads content we put out each and every month. If you just want the video cast, pledge $10 and gain access to our Season 1 retrospective discussions and breakdowns, including specialty shows, and you gain access to everything from the $1 to $5 tiers, like the Bonus Crossroads podcast, the pre-show, the cinematography of Supernatural, and the 10 minutes at the Crossroads minicast. So, Ryan, you can do that if you pledge today to gain access over on Patreon.com slash Digital. That's a lot of content. It is. It's a shitload of content. I don't know really. if I can handle that much content. <laughs> I can only handle 30 second pornos. <laughs> you can only handle so much. Is yeah. That yeah, dude. I, well, that's in a lot of things. <laughs> I can only handle so much. Now, one thing that we talked about during Helatus was it was, I think, on a Patreon episode, actually, matter of fact, that we talked about monsters that we'd like to see return. We had known that this season was going to be a little bit more focused on monsters rather than the traditional, not traditional, but but more recently common heaven versus hell, demons versus angels. And one of the monsters that we talked about that we wanted to see return was the Jin, and it was cool to see I how think that was on all of our lists. Right? Yeah, we I'm all pretty wanted sure. That. I can go back to the notes, but I'm pretty damn sure we all wanted that. Yeah, and it was cool to see how they took a character who, back in season two, was already powerful, was powerful as shit in season two when they're weaker hunters, but with kind of what they know about the world and how they could. In our, how they deal with monsters today, it was a little bit more of a limited character. They had t- limitations between they had to touch you to poison you in right. some way. They had to act natural for the longest and time. And everything was to, happened internally. It yes. only affected them. It was only them. in your own mind. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was very much you had to have a, a secret place to hide the people you were going to be draining and feeding on. And while that episode in season two, What Is and What Never Should Be, is one of my absolute favorite episodes – it, you're right, Mike. It was all something that happened internally. They weren't very aggressive. They had to sneak attack surprise. They weren't mobile villains, right? It, yeah. it was much. It was much less of a in-your-face villain as it more of a sneaky assassin type. They were. Yeah. They were not the vampire werewolf. They were sneaking around the shadows, right. even as far as monsters go. But now they've been given a significant power boost. Now. Oh. A major one. Major. They can actually manifest your fears by touching you, discovering what they are, and then just conjure them out of thin yeah, air. That's a big nope for me. That is huge. Not just for, you know, potential threats for the traps that Michael set, but that is a great way to tap into other aspects of horror that Supernatural has is less common. They've done psychological. They do that, but it's not as frequent. And the idea that what you're fearing, what's personalized as your demon can come into the real world, that shit from Jacob's Ladder, from Silent Hill, from all kinds of other Freddy psychological Kruger. horrors. Even Freddy Krueger is a great example of that. What you fear coming to life and not knowing the distinction between reality and the nightmare dreamscape, yeah. what, whatever it may be. Well, I think... 
like you said, Thomas, Jin were so incredibly powerful in their own right. But but now being able to manifest your worst fear into existence. And not only that, but it's actually mobile. Like it's actually mm-hmm. can chase you around. It can chase you. And I think it can hurt you. Yeah, it can hurt you. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. And and I'm going to be honest, dude, throughout this whole episode, I had no fucking clue what they were facing. And we've been, we've watched 14 seasons of Supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. 13 and, and five episodes. Every time I saw them kill one and it turned to dust, I was like, I have no fucking clue what they're fighting. And typically, for for people who are seasoned supernatural mm-hmm. watchers, they would know immediately what they're facing. We, I we kind of know. You, you kind of have an idea, yeah. right? This was I was like, dude, I don't, I don't so, know what this is. I thought it was a ghost at some point. I was like, mm-hmm. well, this is just a weird ghost. For me, what did it? A was the fact when Bobby went off because he saw somebody through the woods at the yeah. same time that Dean saw something completely different. I was like, okay, so it's something they're seeing, and then was confirmed with the vampire that the daughter saw right and unfortunately this is where sometimes they give things away with like the recently like previously on because they showed that episode with the Jin, which we is not a like staple go-to and it's not recent either so that's when I'm like I don't it's got why be. they do that i think that kind of bugs me i it's yeah it does a little bit but i think that's where at the vampire point it's like okay it's a Jin that has some sort of alternate powers. maybe i thought maybe they're in like they're all in a dream and they didn't realize it oh see that would have been or weird. something like that but I think the idea that it can manifest something that is within reason invulnerable. I mean, the the ghost that Sam and Dean both stabbed and turned to ash is unique, but the version of Daniel that Bobby saw could take bullets. No problem. That's true. That's huge. Is it based solely on your level of fear or how close you are to this? Dude, that's a great, that's a great thought, Thomas. Like if that's, that's, fucked up <laughs> yeah if you're if your fear of this thing is so great does it do you, get stronger do you manifest the strength of that character I, Dude, that's, who knows that's nuts if you think about that so taking that concept of that you're stuck in the matrix nightmare world and having it be like freddy krueger you can't escape it even when you're awake yeah you're pretty thing. you're pretty stuck. that's really powerful and it, it it brings the threat level up significantly and so kudos to if this is part of the plan, Dab and the team with the monsters so far. What we've seen is the best thing that has been done to monsters since Gamble introduced the alphas, and since the the con the Star, Jefferson Starship concept of making new monsters. What Carver tried to do with Pure Bloods for a concept that was introduced briefly and then yeah. kind of dropped. This, but since Gamble, truthfully, with the alphas, this is the best thing that has happened to monsters because it allows all new threats from things we previously thought we knew how to handle. And this is a great way to retcon lore in a way that makes sense. We talked about this. We talked about this last episode when I when I said, you know, if they're going to retcon things with having Michael alter these these monsters and changing them, you're able to change the lore effectively, and now it makes these things that much scarier. Original an original gin wouldn't have been that. That's scary to Sam right. and Dean now, but having this gin have those alternate powers, now it's up to the game. And I think, you know, I think I mentioned that last episode where it's like having Michael be able to change these these monsters and add that extra layer not only retcons the lore, but it also makes these monsters, it steps them up in a power level. The, when angels and demons stopped being a threat, they never improved their powers to make them greater, except for the knights 
and then they brought in the princes right. for hell. But angels, the archangels were so limited to which ones existed, right? they couldn't do much more with it. But with monsters having the entire playbook of how to deal with them and what to do thrown out to where they have to call everyone they know, including Garth, which I love that little touch. Yeah, that was cool. That that purposeful. changes things. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're Once again, we're going to see again. him, right? Yep. Here soon. Yeah. And, and that's how you th- bring a character back. Yeah. Not yep. just, hey, guys, I was in the area still <laughs> hunting. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> good, thing my, good thing I could get into the bunker still like everyone else that can fucking get in the bunker, even though it's supposed to be warded. <laughs> I would take fake Bobby's key away. Yeah, I would flush it down the toilet. Go fuck yourself or my mom, whichever. Yeah, in that cabin, even though you're hurt, but you're still gonna fuck her. His dick ain't hurt. I hope she fucks you. Yeah, with your four inch dick. Oh, our Bobby's got a nine incher. (laughs) It's rotted because he's dead. What would change that? Like atmospheric conditions of the AU world. You have to think of the AU world. Stunt your penis growth. His penis didn't get big because his wife's dead. So like now he hasn't. (laughs) He hasn't, wow. he hasn't had to use it. the worst science ever. Just let me finish. My, my dick me, didn't get big because my wife died. He, he hasn't had to use it in years, so it's shriveled it's back up. Your feet is yeah. that what you're explaining? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. You can only whack off so many times, dude. I'm sorry to tell you this, sir, but you have atrophied dick. It's it's irreversible. It's irreversible. I'm sorry. You're gonna be stuck at four inches forever. Oh man, that would suck. How would that feel, Thomas? So are we saying wow, that, really? that dick growth goes on much longer, much farther past the age of like it's, 40, it's 50 like, years old? Your penis is still growing? It's the same. That means if I you, still have a chance then. The right. more boners it, you get. It's called, if you don't use it, you lose it. Oh, oh my God. God. Do not take medical advice from Ryan. <laughs> it's essentially the 40-year-old virgin with that knowledge. Yeah. If you, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Yeah. It's according to, you know... Our Bobby compared to, you know, fake Bobby. That's how it works. Jesus. Why he has a four inch. Whenever someone uses, you know, within a five second, <laughs> like, like, just like Tony does, you, you know, that what, whatever he's about to say is not true. <laughs> bullshit. I, I, I would say I, I have a little bit more insight than Tony. I don't, I don't think Finish you do. Finish it with, you know, please. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> All right. Now. Um. That being said, while that is a great move for <laughs> monsters as a whole. I love this segment. With that being said. Dude, Meredith Glenn, Meredith Glenn, uh, Bobo, Davey, <laughs> Dab are like, this is good stuff. Atrophy dick. This is going to be, this, we're going to find a way to put this in. What if What if that's an episode? What if that happens? Dude? If, if Sam, if, happens, if Dean ever uses the phrase, you use it or you'll lose it. <laughs> I swear. To, okay, how about this? I'll make. I'm, I'm done. Gonna, I'm gonna make a declaration. Okay, if they oh, use a declaration, if they ever use that terminology in Supernatural, I will agree that the eps last episode that that guy is me because they are obviously <laughs> listening to Please this fucking God. show. Oh, I like. That. Please God, I like the holy just died. Whoever is listening and has any ability to do <laughs> you that, you know, many various writers listen. To I know. Show. I don't want to so say. So Ryan's setting himself up for failure. I'm hey, so you know, hoping. Or I'm setting myself up for winning because then Thomas is going to be even that much more pissed because they listen to the dumbass on the show, not the intellectual. No, they on made the show. fun of the dumbass on the show. That's yeah, but, why I'm grateful. But, but dick. If they I don't use know that, which is dumber. <laughs> yes, actually, dick's pretty dumb. All of it. I was going with like, you know, pollution, pollution, dick, the gravity changes. Yeah, the chemistry of the world. So the gravity, like the moon, might be different. So it doesn't pull your dick. Maybe longer. we don't is have that... a moon. I mean, a moon. Oh, that's a true. We was, don't know. Our moon is Maybe just that's a why product of uh, an asteroid at I'm, one point I'm, hitting I'm, Earth. What if? I'm, 
you're, that never you're digging happened. It. It's atrophy dick, dude. Don't come on. It, it's stop trying to stop trying to bougie it up, dude. It's atrophy dick. Well, things find it harder to grow, right? Where there's more gravity. Oh, that's maybe good. it doesn't grow because the, the sunlight's poor, yeah, so, like a plant. But, but, oh, it's all like, gray. It, so it's yeah. like Superman. Like if he's not in the sun, he's not his Superman. Dick doesn't get so his, his dick is like right. Superman dick. Right. If it's in the sun, and the reason it's why Jack and Dean and Sam were so fast to come back to our world because they their realized were their penis smaller. Were, were getting smaller. Yeah, that's there was why no there was, that's the real reason there was a time. Limit. And Castiel noticed it. He's all Dean. Your penis is not Dean. Your dick. Your dick wasn't in me that far last time. That's the real reason they had to get back within a certain amount of time. If we're not back within 24 hours, our dick will shrink. You didn't hit shrink. my prostate last time. You used to bottom out. What happened? You <laughs> <laughs> used to bottom out. What is this? Can we please save this? Have you discussion? been going back to the apocalypse universe? Hey, can we? Let's never go back. Dean, you used to hit my prostate. Now okay, you don't. Know, you, you, you literally I, just said that. I can't take it anymore. You literally just I said can't that. Take yeah, it. but this nobody way. reacted, so anyway. I had to say it again. Dude, I don't think our warning can cover this. Oh my God. So please, <laughs> separate wait, warning. Wait. Oh, Nicole said radiation from the angels nuking there. It's radiation. It's radiation, Dick. That makes way more sense. <laughs> so pieces, if he bangs Mary, will she get it? Fall it off too? Then yeah. oh, <laughs> five inches. The tip just falls off. <laughs> what is this Tarantino <laughs> for Planet Terror? Fuck the condom. What the fuck are we talking Can about? Can we please save this? You're you're recording, right? I, or, uh, Thomas, do your job I and take control fuck of this up. fucking show. Regardless <laughs> of what happened to Bobby's dick, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> we are like five year olds. This, this, is, is, terrible. this is the best episode. I need ever. to be able to mute you fucking too. God damn it! All right, I like how he's trying to now. Like Ryan, he's trying to take control. He's all I'm right. trying. Enough's enough, guys. Enough's enough. I am trying now. <laughs> Legitimately, because Ryan's losing it entirely. <laughs> I had to move my mic. Now, with that being said, I'm not talking about the dick part. I'm talking about the whole monster transformation and what they've done with that. With that being said, there was also some something key that was brought up that some people may not have immediately caught on to. But if you were paying attention, the Jin was terrified of what Dean was scared of. Or... He saw something in Dean's mind, in his head, that wasn't supposed to be there, that was unaccounted for, because that affected him. That stopped him from being able to torture and control Dean entirely. Okay, Thomas, so that being said, what is your speculation on this? What is going on with Dean? What did the djinn see? I think he saw something that has to do with something Michael has left behind, whether that means Dean is essentially booby trapped or that Michael himself is still in there. Cause imagine if the, the Jin saw an archangel through his mind and saw that that was lying in wait. I mean, I can't imagine many people have been possessed by an archangel that that Jin has seen. He's used to seeing traditional fears like the old man dying alone or a vampire or something that goes bump in the night. But Dean has seen so much different shit even that, I wouldn't expect to startle him so. Like Sam, who has been tortured in hell, I'd, I'd buy that more because he was the plaything of Lucifer for a very long time. I think it has to do with something that Michael did. Somehow booby trapped him or left or is still there, and we don't even know it because he's gone completely missing. Well, A.V. writes, the Jin saw Michael. Could be. Do you uh, think it's that uh, simple, though? No, and I, I think like a part uh, of me wants it to be, yes. but a part of me also says so, we've already done that. We've already yeah. done the hiding angel in in a vessel. So if we're if we're sticking to 
into somewhat of the lore of Jin. They see their fears, right? So when he touches Dean and sees his greatest fear, is he going to see Michael or is he going to see something else? Now, I think you're right, Mike. I think it's way too on the nose for it to be Michael. At this point, at right? This point. Yeah. yeah. It has to be something. Now, is there... Is there... I think he did something to Dean internally. He, he did. Like a, like a ticking time I off. think he did. What, it, the, the, the answer is right in front of us. What he, whatever he's doing to the monsters... Has to do with He Dean. did to he Dean. He changed yes. Dean somehow. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Whether that means he's a bomb or he can be controlled or it, means that, or it means that Michael can access that vessel at any time i mean that that loss of your own personal safety that violation if that at any point michael could just take you over again av says could be a trap kathy tyler says dean being in the trap so it seems like a lot of people are thinking i think that's very obviously where it's going whether that what exactly that means and in the exact details we don't know but dean has been tampered with booby trapped in some way that we're not privy to that is going to come into play perhaps with the mid-season finale nicole clark says i don't know it seems like dean knew what he was gonna say he'd hit him right before he could say it see i i saw that another way i saw that dean was surprised that he let go of him yeah that's how i saw it yeah why did you stop essentially unless yeah, who knows? I mean, and and that's the thing is though this is building good mystery, this awesome? good conversation. We have not done this in forever. Not since season eleven. I don't care what it ends up being, as long as it's not weak. Because yes. what if the whole idea and the concept has created this type of mystery for the past five episodes? So I got far. it. I got it. I know what he saw. He saw the shrinking dick on the other <laughs> universe. And he, that's what scared him. He saw he the knew. look on Cassiel's disappointed face when he didn't hit his prostate. He's, oh my God, his, his biggest fear is that his penis has been shrieking. <laughs> oh, and he's hoping nobody dun, finds out. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Reyna says maybe he saw Michael's thoughts and oh, that, that included killing all the creatures he created. Perhaps. That's, that's interesting. I can easily see Michael, if he alters all these monsters, it says, hey, drink this Ooh. potion. It'll change you and take away your weaknesses. But then with a snap of a finger... Michael could single-handedly kill all the monsters that bought into that. Kathy Tyler says it's going to come down to brothers facing off against each other. Kind of what Ryan's idea was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, there's just so many possibilities. Yeah, there's a lot of cool. There's a lot of cool angles here. I would easily see, like I said, the, the fact that any of the monsters who accept that altered power could then be snuffed with so much more ease, perhaps. Then again, Michael could do that no problem. Maybe there's no need. Yeah. Maybe they lose autonomy and they become little the little servants, slaves Enslaved. to his will. Yeah. Who knows? Overall, the greatest strength for me is the fact that they built upon the Dean is afraid aspect. Yep. Fear as a central theme. We saw yeah. We saw that obviously in the episode that featured Dark Kaya. Dean being essentially a ball of fear and the theme from last week's episode was fear as well with the whole slasher film throwback. And now we are back at it again this week. I love that they continue to expand and keep the consistency to this season by reminding us, even if it's not, I'm sure there's millions of people watching this that are, are not thinking, Oh, fear, fear, fear. Suddenly it will sink in and they will yeah. realize when it happens. Yeah. Well, because it's not on the nose. It's we are dissecting it. So we see it. It's not 
in your face, like, hey, I'm totally afraid him saying it. But right. the, but it's it is obvious because those the, breadcrumbs are there. The gin is not a random choice. The fact that it's a monster that can tap into your fears, that uses your greatest fears against you, that can read your fucking mind is deliberate. If that was just a werewolf or a vampire, it wouldn't have meant anything. It wouldn't have given us any insight as to what's going different. on. It wouldn't it, have been as much of a trap. We would have expected there to be multiple werewolves or, or vampires, but that a, a Jin has this new level of power that they weren't expecting. Miss Maverick says, kind of hope that they don't do the whole brother thing uh, since we've done the whole brothers against each other already. Although if they go about it where they're fighting, Car that was Car that's what defined Carver's run. Two brothers at odds. It was mm -hmm. very contentious. His most of his run. Would you agree, Thomas Ryan? Yeah, I would yes. say so. Yeah. But if they pit them against each other in a way that's not contentious, it's a mat. It's like what Ryan's idea was back. I believe when you say this premiere. The season premiere. Yeah. Where it's just something they willingly take on. And Fate has forced their hand. That would be cool. Yeah. But actually seeing them bicker again, no. No, I don't, I don't want the petty. If they're yeah. going to fight, they better be fucking fighting. Well, it has or to be, it should be them an like, acceptance. Yes. A, a somber, depressed acceptance that yeah. this is how it has to be. Yep. Yeah. This is our fate, essentially. Yeah. And again, the fact that the Jin was chosen is huge because it allowed him. How many other monsters can read your mind? That's pretty big. So whether or not Michael has booby trapped Dean or he's prepared some other nefarious plan for dean it it all is setting the groundwork for something bigger and i th i think with keeping themes that central fear is that central theme we are along for the ride because we too are afraid what's going to happen and we are along for the mystery it's all very neat and tidy and it's all done with a purpose we as the audience have to pay attention this season yeah now a, a quick backtrack i know We've we've gone on a certain part of this discussion plenty, but Bobby and Mary. It's <clears throat> it's story. I don't know. It it's it's different. These are characters that are part of the season, and for better or worse, we can't ignore them. Yeah, and the reason why Thomas, that's even in the but, show notes again, mm -hmm. is is simply because there are people out there who just simply don't care about the Bobby and Mary subplot and i would probably I be one of them i don't i like mary and i like even though i make fun of fake bobby i can see that he can he could eventually be a character that we like especially since they went into him having a son and right. what that could mean right they, they they've done their their due diligence to to flesh him, him out a bit yeah and sure it's it may not be a story that everyone cares about but it was a story that needed to be done Right. You can't have them come across from Apocalypse Universe and just have them be window dressing. No, they're here. They're here. And that what's good about the season is that they've all these characters that they introduced, they actually have them doing something. It this episode gave us a reason as to why Bobby is a justifiable is the way, reason. Well, a justifiable reason not only why Bobby is kind of the way he is with his son and, and the living in war and the the survivor's remorse. I liked that part. The survivor's remorse and the PTSD that Bobby's saying, I don't know any other way to live. Well, is something that was touched on by Carver back in season eight with that, you know, you're a man who's seen war and how that affects you. Bobby has gone through that. Well, there's two for years. Go ahead, Ryan. I'm well, sorry. One of the things you got to understand, too, is that we brought all these people over and we effectively have an army now. Yep. 
Yeah. And with Michael building an army, now we actually have a war set up. A war set up. And I think, and like you said, Thomas, I think it's nice that these people are actually doing something. They're out hunting. They're out, they're taking direction. They're not, you know, obviously they, they owe their lives to Sam and Dean. Um, but at the end of the day, these people are actually make sense for them to be there. Um, so we effectively have our own army now. So with Michael making an army, I, I would be really surprised if the mid season finale wasn't some kind of, of war. It's setting up the chess pieces for the final battle. And not only that, going back to the fact that the show has been very tidy and very purposeful, there hasn't been any, Hey, we're going to make a filler episode and it's really going to be filler. There hasn't been those moments. They gave an, uh, the audience, us, an easy and justifiable re- reason as to why Bobby and Mary will be gone for a while. They tucked them away yeah. and wrote them out of the immediate story, and now it's going to be used when we need them. They'll be used, and I feel like that works. This is part of the process that Dab is obviously doing that we can easily see in these opening five episodes. He is making everything purposeful. And everything needs to be for a reason. It's, it's no longer, hey, let's away. bring them back. Let's bring them back. Here's and, Charlie. What about the Shadim? Here's Asmodeus. Fuck it. It's it's done for a reason. Each one feels like a well thought out, not, hey, write an episode. We'll find a place no. for it. It feels like this is going to happen. Then you. Then you write this one. Yes. And it feels like it has a plan. And it wasn't a contrived reason as to why they're going away. Right it, now, yeah, now we long. can go three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine episodes if we wanted to without wondering, hey, uh, what are they doing? We know what they're doing. Bobby is resting up, getting better. Mm-hmm. Mary and Bobby are probably fucking. Totally. We fucking. know exactly what they're doing. And we don't need Cowgirl. to think in the back. <laughs> Reverse. Both. He can't do a whole lot with that arm. Right. He needs to lay down. Yeah, he's, he's got. He's, yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is, he's, he's like this. Well, she's. Yep. Bouncing that He's booty. Like, Help me make another son. Oh, <laughs> this one will have eyeballs, though. <laughs> That's exactly. <what> <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst joke. Jesus. Uh, you left. <laughs> I did. I'm a terrible person, though. <laughs> All right. So even though this episode was about fleshing out some of the more important moments. <laughs> you know you can't say that word with Ryan tonight. It was not void of humor. No. And I believe in classic supernatural fashion, Meredith brought some levity to her episode in a way that only she could well in a way that just works for supernatural right when you're getting to that (laughs) point that's really like dark and serious suddenly you introduce something funny and and the whole dean asking for a sandwich was fucking (laughs) i about lost my shit when he said make me a sandwich wait what did he say i i loved that that was the only thing he could think to say his face said it before she looked at him (laughs) to see if he was serious his face said it all he's all god this is fucking stupid this is bad i love how like in dean fashion though that was the best thing he could think to say to get her out of the room well part of him probably wanted a sandwich too (laughs) you know he did you know he did but that was perfect that reminded me like meredith glenn's other episode regarding dean where he flirted with the girl and she slapped him because he didn't remember yep she understands Dean's just like douche, I love it. douche guy sense of humor in some ways without him being that actual douchebag. It's perfect. It was pretty amazing. I I I was currently uh, had a drink and I about spit it out when he said that. I yeah. was like, oh my god! All right, with that, let's go into some final thoughts. Ryan, what let's. do you give this episode? Um, and I'm gonna stick with the with the. This is a it's an A minus, and the only reason that minus thing was uh the gardener kind of threw it off for me 
I thought for sure right off the bat that this character would have a larger part. Why would they make him ominously look through the door for no reason? Look at you. So, yeah. I use the word ominous? No, just advocating for more minorities to be more (laughs) in the forefront. I am very, I am very diverse. Yeah. Or something. Or something. Um, but I just, I, I definitely thought that was, it, it threw me off right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that's my only downside. I, I think I don't typically pay attention to the pre-show teaser. So I legitimately had no idea what this monster was. Um, so going through the episode, it was nice to me. It was nice for me to have that kind of mystery of like, okay, I don't know what we're actually up against or what we're facing. And as these monsters are, are, you know, dissipating into dust. I was like, yo, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. And, and I, and I talked about it with you earlier, Thomas, that, you know, typically as a supernatural fan, as an avid fan, you typically kind of know the route they're going with what the monster is. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, dude. So the whole time I was so confused and the shot, can we just talk about like the visual effects for a moment? Like when he, lit up and the, the tattoos formed on his mm-hmm. face they burned into his face or when he grabbed dean and the let his left arm was hey that was blue fire by the way it was blue fire. um <laughs> his left arm lit up it was such an amazing shot mm-hmm. and i think those shots have gotten so much but i know look we make we made we kind of made fun of the light up of the eyes thing because we've done like 18 oh, different that was the whole, making fun of the color choices well, right the whole the whole, to be the whole roy g biv you know there's uh, only so many colors but i i definitely that shot still gets me, man. When the eyes light up and the you know his hand lit up, um, mm-hmm. but the pacing of this episode was really well done. I I never thought that it was too slow. I never thought that it was too fast. I think they they fleshed out a lot of stuff. And I think we talked about it earlier. The guest spot in this episode totally made sense. And I'm I'm and dig- she was attractive and she was a, she was hot. Um, but I'm totally digging what they're doing. Guest spots are very very important in episodes like this because. You know, it parallels what the brothers are going through. Yep. And if we don't do that correctly and you're just a guest spot to be a guest spot, then why the fuck are you in the episode? And I think with this one, right. with this one, it made sense. And I love the fact that we're fleshing out Dean's character even more with the fact that, you know, we're seeing a little bit more vulnerable Dean. Um, you know, yeah, he was taken advantage of by Michael in in a way that, you know, is very is discerning. I mean, he had control of your body and you don't know what happened. He doesn't right. remember anything. So for him to see or for us to see that parallel with him, like trying to roll with the punches, you know, which we've never really seen Dean do is kind of nice. It's kind of cool to see that. Um, other than that, man, it's just a solid ass episode, dude. I, think, I like how he shows up late to the meeting. He's like, what? I don't need yeah, to see what, this. This is for noobs. Yeah, this is, <laughs> dude, that was so, yes, he I, shows up. So, I like that part so quite funny, a bit. Dude. It was so in your face. Like, oh, yeah. oh I, uh, new uh, higher orientation. Camp, camp mm. counselor. He would get you a whistle. Like that was so, that was so Dean though. Yeah. Like we've mm-hmm. seen him do stuff like that it for years. So it was so Dean. Uh, yeah. Solid A minus for me. We're on a, we're on an awesome track, dude. I'm, I'm excited. We better calm down too. because I got a huge boner right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've done this mistake Radiation isn't, isn't slowing yeah. us down. Can the radiation show up? Oh, my dick's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, Mike, what were your final thoughts on this episode overall? <laughs> a quarter of the way through the season. Um, well, I enjoy this episode immensely. Uh, it's definitely an A episode for me. Uh, there were some moments that were a little heavy handed, but I mean, I think that's purposeful. I feel at some point in your season, you have to spell things out. And if you're not paying close attention, you need those moments. 
But overall, I felt like it was a great episode and I love what they're doing so far uh, and how they're continuing things that they set up and they're not just forgetting things. It, obviously, there was a consistency issue in the writing room last year and everyone noticed it, even the writers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what they said as an excuse when they said they're going to have lesser season or yeah. less in episodes? They are Keep lesser episodes. Tighter. They said there sometimes becomes an issue of consistency. So obviously they saw that and they're working double time to make sure we keep that consistency all the way through and there isn't any jarring moments where suddenly Dean is happy-go-lucky and we're wondering why the fuck are you happy when last (laughs) week you were suicidal and they're not letting those things slip they're reminding us continually and it reminds me a lot of the first five seasons where everything just folds right back into the next episode they fold right back into each other and it feels seamless yeah and that's what we're getting so far um, I love that Dean is the heart of the show and Sam is the overt, obvious narrative that's kind of progressing the story along his immediate, his immediate growth is, is the obvious, more tangible aspect. And, and Dean being more of the, the subtext of, of the season so yeah, far, it, that's it, just, good point. it just works so well. They're finding both, they're finding things to make both of our characters, both of our protagonists work. Whereas in the past, sometimes we've seen, even in Carver's run, we've seen where one of our, ep- our heroes kind of, we kind of lose them a bit. Oh, yeah. Whereas five episodes in, there's such a balance to how they're handling these characters. Uh, the visual effects, amazing this week. I lo- even though it's simple, I still loved the, I would call it p- possibly a particle effect of sorts when they would defeat or stab the mm-hmm. manifestation of the gen. And they would just poof around them. Yeah. I love the way that looked. It looked well, especially with the actual soot on them too. Yeah, yeah that was a very cool That effect. added a lot to it. Yeah. Uh it's just the way it was the way it was um rendered out, the way it was meshed within the scene, the the color correction helped keep the gradiate the scenes together between the actual live action or the practical with the with the visual effects. It worked really well. Uh, my only nitpick is the cultural aspect, although I understand why they chose to use a white guy for a gen. I like how in the past, for the most part, not all the time, oh, a lot yeah. of their monsters are more cultural. It's, it's mm-hmm. wherever well, the folklore. Especially with the gen, too, m- makes sense for it to be a little bit cultural. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like in the past, they've always made it a point to say, all right, well, if the folklore stems from this Asia, then chances are. It's going to be more of a an Asian element. And same thing can be said about a Mexican aspects when it comes to Mexican folklore. Same thing can be said about Jinn and Middle Eastern folklore. Or even the Banshee. Even the that's, Banshee. That's Irish English So right the there. only nitpick was that we had a white guy that was a Jinn, whereas it probably should have been Middle Eastern. Because as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jinn do not make other Jinn. They're not vampires or werewolves, correct? A gin is a gin. You're, to you, my understanding, you're born yes. a gin, correct? Okay, yeah, you so can't. Like a, they're a separate entity. Yeah, you're not making. You're not biting one, no. and you have another one that would. They're then separate. That race would kind entirely. of make more sense for there being a white gin. I personally like the fact that they've always kind of veered, for the most part, to being more Middle Eastern, darker skinned, because that makes sense to the cult for the culture of where the folklore of originates. this specific monster originates. It just makes sense. However, I do understand why they made it a white guy because they wanted to the form surprise. misdirection. Yeah. So, and it worked. 
So overall, another good episode. Yes. All right. Uh, for me, I enjoyed a lot of this episode. I love that they stuck with fear. I agree with Mike that it does feel reminiscent of the first five seasons where it's building on and I'm interested in the mystery and I want to know what's going to happen. And I feel like I don't have a whole lot of downtime, which does remind me of seasons four and five, particularly where everything was building to this this grand finale that we kind of knew was coming. It doesn't have the same ominous threat level yet, but I feel like it's also a little early. So as the mid-season finale rolls around, we'll see. Uh, the humor was well done and well mixed in with the more serious, darker undertones. Meredith Glenn did a great job bringing those aspects of Dean to life. And I do like how she touched on, yet again, the depression aspect and, and continued his emotional journey through this season yeah and again like you said mike the the fact that sam and dean are playing different roles to push the story forward one so the good. obvious up front and one the subtext yep neither in this respect take away from the other without resulting in some of the petty shit we've seen from the early seasons which made sense because they were early seasons where these characters are at now that feels a lot more well thought out so I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one an A minus as well. I've, I've enjoyed all the episodes so far. That's great fucking news. So with that, Sharon uh, Grayton says it was so Dean talking about the orientation scene, but do you really think that Sam invited him to the orientation meeting? Too oh, uncomfortable no. for Sam. No, I agree. Like that's, I would do that. I would not invite my elder brother to anything I'm running. No, 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 no panels. All they're going to do is time. make fun of you. I never tell him about my radio shows <laughs> yeah. because all he's going to do is roll his eyes as I speak. So every time you open your mouth, did he just be like, yeah. oh, fuck. in traditional older brother fashion, he just showed up and said, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck are you doing? But These I, your friends. But she brings up an interesting point because I actually liked Sam's discomfort that was so obvious like <laughs> yeah. oh hey hey overnight hey like, dude what's flip, up <laughs> flip of a switch he's he goes from i'm in control i'm the leader and suddenly he's guys shrunk to oh, a, hey, a radiation hey, uh, we're not playing yep. games radiation um, okay we're okay bye guys <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh you know what to do bye yeah it was it and was break. overnight and we're out so yeah it, it was true brother fashion so that is going to do it here for us at Supernatural The Crossroads. But if you guys are members of the monthly bonus show Patreon tier, we will be wrapping up the first quarter show discussion, talking about how the first quarter of the season has gone so far, the direction of the season, the characters, setups, and what we expect moving forward. So if you are interested in that, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital. We're going to get into that discussion, but that is going to do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads this week. We will see you all next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.